right, and welcome to another episode of the Deer Camp Podcast brought to you by Hutchie Outdoors. Today I have my uh, good friend Shane Browning. Shane Browning is a diehard mobile saddle hunter uh, who shot a great deer this year. Shane, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. How's everything been? I know you've been laid up with uh, some, uh, you had some surgery, right? Yeah, I had uh, some laparoscopic hip surgery uh, on the 5th of January uh, to resolve some pain issues that I've been having for quite some time now. Gotcha. And that uh, seemed to go well. Everything seemed to be good. Yeah, uh, it's it's been far exceeding my expectations, which uh, in all the positive ways. So uh, it's been really, really good. Uh, looks like I'll probably be returning to work in about half the time that I was expecting. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I can imagine you're probably going just a little bit stir crazy right now. I am. I, to be honest, it didn't even take me that long to be going stir crazy as well. I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to stay busy, though. I, I hear you, brother. I hear you. <laughs> well, cool. So, yeah, we... Uh, We've met last year on a bow shoot with Tim Clark, and yes. then uh, we ended up sharing a, uh, let's see, what do we call that thing? A uh, cargo trailer during the <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bow Hunter Chronicles hunt uh, this year, which was uh, an absolute blast, man. Uh, I'd like it to was. hear your side of that. How would how did that work out for you? The I mean, yeah, the, the Patreon hunt of 2023 was an absolute blast, like you said. Uh, it was my first year. So I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, and I, I, I'll tell you this. I definitely didn't expect 50 guys. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a lot, but I, I didn't expect 50. Uh, that was absolutely insane. Um, because I'm, I'm used to more of a traditional deer camp. Uh, I grew up with a every single year traditional deer camp uh, within my family. And it was all like my family was mostly, if not probably all, like a rifle style deer camp where, you know, people were there for the one week. Uh, and, and that was about it. Um, but yeah, the, the Patreon hunt was uh, a totally different animal, but in all the positive ways. Uh, and like we've heard a lot of people say, even on, you know, like the Marco Polo group or the Bowhunter Chronicles and everything, it was just something that you needed. It was something good for the soul. It was, you know, good for your mental health and, and everything like that. And I, I couldn't agree more for myself. It was just a breath of fresh air that after leaving, it was just, you could tell it hit the reset button. You know what I mean? It was such a, a great experience. It was so fun to meet all new people and to see different perspectives and different styles of hunting and really get that view from everybody else that hunts different terrain or even different states. I mean, what covered like eight or nine different states uh, from people that showed up or something like that. I remember Adam saying, so uh, it, it was pretty crazy and something that hopefully uh, continues every single year and something that I know I'll be looking forward to every single year. As long as it, it keeps going on, I, I plan on showing up. Same here, man. I, uh, it's kind of what started this whole, this, this whole journey for me. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, same thing, traditional, I hunt at home, didn't really, you know, join out. And after going to that, it just really rejuvenated my, uh, my love for a deer camp. And the fact that, you know, you get 50 guys together and almost everybody got along. Like there was no issues at all. I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it, and, and I think a large contributor to that is, you know, like the Marco Polo group. 
because you get to converse on a daily basis back and forth and you already are starting to build those relationships and showing up to the deer camp was just the opportunity to see to have those exact same conversations but face to face and so they were already friendships they were already you know uh hunting relationships and built and so just people being in one place was kind of no different it was just now we get to shake hands and uh go actually walk the trails together yeah exactly uh my wife refers to uh the uh, marco polo group as my internet friends <laughs> which you you were always told to like not trust anything on the internet and now we're like hey how you doing i've never met you before but sure i'll come sleep on your couch at your house and hang out <laughs> that is so true that is so true uh that i mean you're 100 right that we were always told never to trust anybody on the internet and and today now that that seems to be exactly how it goes yeah it was such a great time but yeah so then uh you that was our first you know kind of deer camp and then uh how'd your season go after that uh, my season went really well. Uh, it it kind of slowed down for a little bit just because I didn't know where I was going to be hunting because we also do a uh, an annual archery like deer camp up at my cabin as well. And that's generally like the first or second week of November. It's right before opening firearm. And uh, we just had a lot going on here at my house uh, with, you know, like remodels and stuff i'm sure you're well aware of all that oh yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i i wasn't really sure if i was going to be able to make that that particular uh event this year uh, and and that archery deer camp is something i always look forward to and and that deer camp up at my cabin is a lot smaller it's usually like my brother and my cousin and sometimes that's it or even like my cousin and i and that's it uh i think the biggest archery deer camp we had was like five maybe six guys you know my dad will show up but he doesn't archery hunt anymore he just is there to hang out and, uh, and enjoy the atmosphere of the deer camp uh it's and that's the best of, that's the best part about camp right there i love right? i love every aspect of deer camp and I mean, deer <laughs> camp doesn't have to be a cabin it can be you know right it can be two guys at a parking lot and sleeping in the back of a truck you know i just just <laughs> i agree that that camaraderie it's something that's gotten lost and it's I something agree. that uh it's i feel it's coming back and i i'm just so excited for it <laughs> I, I agree because like I uh, mentioned before, um, I'm, ever since I can remember, I, I grew up with uh, a, a very, very traditional firearm deer camp. And it was at my cabin every single year, even before like my dad owned it. It was owned by my uh, my grandfather and it was the aunt, it was all the uncles, friends of friends, you know, whoever wanted to show up could show up. Uh, they used to pitch tents in the yard uh, and have like camp deer, you know, the first deer that got shot would immediately get you know processed right there and stuff like that uh and it evolved into people pulling campers and fifth wheels on the property and plugging in and running generators and you know we still again we still had that cabin so like people might use that to uh, shower in more indoor type uh restrooms and stuff like that but that even started to, to dwindle down and um now it's maybe like four or five guys you know at, at that particular deer camp uh but so that archery deer camp it actually turned out so your original question was for me how did my rest of my season go it uh turned out that it was probably a really good thing that i could not attend that particular deer camp uh because my fallback is always whenever i can't make it out on like a piece of public or up in my cabin uh you know because of timing or whatever i always go to 
my in-laws private property and there is like a 30 acre chunk uh that i hunt out there and it really has everything you could ever ask for it has a creek that runs completely parallel through the entire piece it has a little bit of rolling hill terrain change it has a nice ridge system on the south side of the creek and uh that is just the deer run and travel for all sorts of cover it has different types of cover and then on three sides it's completely surrounded by uh ag so it, it really has everything you could ever ask uh, i mean that sounds like a dream piece of property there <laughs> <laughs> it is it is there's even a small section maybe about like an acre acre and a half of a hay field that's out there that um I've talked with you already about uh, we're going to be acquiring that particular piece soon and um, from the neighbor, which we have permission to hunt and everything from already, but we're going to actually officially be acquiring it and we want to turn that hay field into uh, a food plot. So, Heck yeah. <laughs> but I, I know a guy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I went there and I hunted that piece and I've always kind of hunted that particular piece the same. Uh, I have a, uh, hang on that I've had there for probably six years now and ever, I used to hunt that hang on. Um, even when I started saddle hunting, I would, uh, I, I would still hunt that hang on because it's, you know, it's easy, but, uh, ever since 2019 after back surgery, I can't really sit in a fixed stand anymore. So side of hunting is kind of my only option, which I don't mind. I actually prefer, uh, but that's really my only stand there. And then I always just throw my saddle in usually one of three different spots. And I'll even throw my saddle like directly behind that hang on. Um, there's another spot that I can't have come to really like that's only about 60 yards away to the east. And then probably another 120 yards to the east is another spot that I generally set up. And I've only ever really set up in one of those three spots. Uh, and my father-in-law uses that part of, he uses that property to get wood for, to heat his house and everything like that. Uh, and so the deer are very, very comfortable with him being out there and creating all sorts of noise and stuff. So your traditional public land tactics, and especially here in Michigan, uh, they're not as strict, <laughs> let's say. I, I got the same thing. I mean, that's exactly how my piece hunts here at home. You know, I mean, we use the property. It's not just a sanctuary. It's uh, right. And we'll, uh, we'll take the actually, we'll actually take our side by side out. Uh, all summer long about just about dusk and run it around the entire property just to condition those deer and <laughs> right? it, it works perfect yeah so my father-in-law again he takes his tractors out there and stuff to haul big logs he takes his Kubota back there you know uh because you know, the ease it's just him he's all by himself and uh, uh he's you know trying to get big logs up to break them down and stuff like that but and 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 also i've always like generally hunted the south side of the creek and so i always have to like cross this creek which isn't usually uh, a problem like even with uh you could you know run like waterproof uh six inches even with gators or something because he does have some concrete pads and sometimes it's only like just below your ankles uh or i've had it where like it's only it's almost coming over knee highs and then i think two years ago i literally had to take a boat like it just just push it across like you know with paddles or something because we got a ton of rain and, and the creek completely over flooded and, and, and kind of flooded that whole property and just to get to the other side i had to take like just push a paddle boat because the farmers they're 
they're okay with us like recovering deer and we always ask permission every single time but like i was really hoping to like use their property to walk in all i want to do is walk the edge because the wind generally blows from the north to the south and i have no option most of the time but to walk with the wind at my back and so i'm like i'm really trying to just walk in from the road that's behind and they they told me no so i'm like all right so i I couldn't just especially when it flooded i couldn't use any adjacent private property to get back there so i just had to deal with whatever i had but so this particular year uh i couldn't make it to that deer camp that of my cabin so we went there and i told myself this year because all the tactics and everything that i've learned from being now with uh the uh, vhc guys and and from you and from everybody else it's really changed my perspective and i told myself i'm gonna hunt this piece like i would hunt any public piece that i ever go in like i I just really want to hone in on those tactics put them to practice you know and, and play it like it was any public piece maybe i'm walking for the first time so wind direction i'm like super mindful of uh how i'm walking i'm walking our property edge if that's my best case scenario for that wind you know i'll I'll get up and move i'm going to hunt areas of this property i've never hunted before you know i'll I'll do whatever i have to that i think is going to be best you know for that particular that set and 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 the sit will be different from the morning sit to the afternoon sit um and so the wind was supposed that particular day the wind was supposed to be like straight north to south, which walking in is for me again, like I said, is terrible, but I'm like, whatever, I'm going to walk the edge. The deer were supposed to be coming in from the west all the way, uh, you know, on the top of that ridge on the south side of the creek. And they were going to basically cross right in front of me. So I did have to, on my walk in, I did have to cross their trail uh, one time, but I walked to the very edge of the property to at least have my wind blow into the adjacent um, neighboring property. So I hunted the very south south uh west corner which i've never hunted before, and it gets pretty um uh thick in there but i set up got my saddle all set up i mean we're talking 100 set up and if you remember from the marco polo group uh the wind i told everybody the wind wasn't supposed to change until after the legal shooting was even over mm-hmm. and so which was fine you know it was, it was gonna totally not be in my favor until after the legal shooting but i'm like whatever you know at that point i don't really care and it was like maybe 30 minutes into the hunt i find i feel the wind on my face change and i'm like oh no and so i sent that polo out to everybody and i'm like hey you know you're 100 set up what do you you know what do you do at this point like do you get down and move like i pretty much already wanted to just completely get down and move um but i had like i said i had to cross the creek and stuff and obviously you create noise and all that um and tyler so uh ultimately i have to give him the assist uh (laughs) but tyler's like i would move and it and 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 like i said it was something i wanted to do anyway so i just like you know what you're gonna do it that's the beauty of the the mobile setup too is you have that option you know we get so comfortable with the whole you know like you said that your stand has been sitting there for six years it's easy it makes it easy it gets out of the comfort zone so heck yeah so you moved so yeah, I get down, I cross, you know, I pack all my stuff up. I cross the creek as quietly, but as quickly as I can, because now we're right in the middle of it, right? And uh, um, I climb this tree that I've never been in before, but it's just on the north side of the creek. It's about, it's probably only like 15 yards from the actual creek. And so the creek's at my back and I'm like, all right, so now these deer are going to still come from my west, but they're going to drop down the hill, uh, the ridge system, cross the creek, still upwind for or yeah, still upwind for me. And then they're going to, they're going to start to move, uh, like right on my strong side. That's exactly what should happen. And, uh, uh, I get all set up and I'm like, all right, everything's good. Everything's kosher. And I think about, man, it was 
maybe an hour, these dough start. Like, and there's usually like a pretty big pack of dough. Um, they start to come in exactly how I think they're going to cook. All right, here we go. It's, you know, it's game time. Uh, we're like right in peak rut because this is like right before firearm. I always know the rut kind of hits like maybe a, a few days to a week early at this, you know, out by my, this private piece than like normal public land that I'm used to. Like it is on. I mean, it is, everything is like at peak levels for me right now. And this buck that I had seen, the biggest, by far the biggest buck on this property and by far this biggest, biggest buck I have ever personally seen out in the woods on the hoof while I'm hunting. Uh, I saw like two weeks prior to that and I kicked him up in this open hay field that I normally uh, cross the creek and to cross to get in. Um, and I kicked him up right out of his bed. And I'm like, okay, I know where he's bedding. Uh, it's a common bedding area for other deer that have been in there. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm all set. Like he's going to be upwind for me the whole time. And he's, you know, going to come from the opposite side of where these doe are coming in. And then they're just, you know, he should basically come straight head on. So all these doe are coming in and there's at this point, there's at least seven or eight of them. And they're all, I had three of them at seven yards just Ooh, hang a lot out. of eyes <laughs> i know and 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 the rest of them were like within 50 um okay. and just all over the and so yeah when these doe came in at first i had actually positioned myself on the total opposite side of the tree as my bow just to you know to basically give myself some cover um and uh so i'm sitting there i don't have my bow in my hand it's in the it's on the hook i've got the tree and it's a it's probably one of the bigger trees I've ever set up in. It was like even a little bit bigger than within my shoulders. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, um, so I'm sitting there just trying to be still, just trying not to spook anything. And, you know, just still scanning, scanning. And I look over where I keep peeking over where I think this buck's going to come from. And I look up and he's already at like 35 yards, head oh, wow. down coming at these don't. And so now I'm thinking, okay don't have my bow in my hand. He's coming right at me. Again, I got three doe at seven yards. What do I do? You know, like how do I move? How do I make these big time movements? Cause I got to swing my whole body. You know, how, 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 how am I going to do this without ruining it? And, uh, uh, I just keep waiting for like the smallest little, you know, these peak windows where these doe are putting their head down and I just barely move, barely move, barely move. Finally get my bow in my hand. Um, and at this point, when I get the bow in my hand, this buck, again, by far the biggest buck I've ever seen while hunting in my life. Um, he is completely up or yeah, upwind for me. Wind is like hundred percent in my favor, but he's at like 55 yards. And I'm like, all right, he, he, I'm just thinking to myself, he goes, he starts walking kind of away, actually. And he's at, at one point, I remember ranging this huge window, this break in the vegetation that, that there, he was at 47 yards, quartering away, not a single twig in the way. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, so I know that my bow falls on its face after 45 yards. I have a 50 yard pin. I've shot it. I'm comfortable with that. And then the whole time I'm thinking to myself, this is the biggest buck of my life. Do I make this shot? And he was on a, he was just standing there, quartering away. And I'm like, I know I can make this shot, but it's like right at the tail end of the capability. Like, what do I do? And so I'm just sitting there. I'm thinking to myself and I go, you know what? I have these dough at seven yards. I can tell he's like here for them. There's no reason for him to just literally spin on a dime and come right to like, there's no reason for him to keep to walk away from all these dough. And so I'm like, I just told myself, Nope, I'm not going to shoot. And as soon as I made that decision, that buck fever hit and I <laughs> instantly noticed me straight up knee knocking straight up shaking. And I just put my head down in my bridge. And I remember just telling myself, breathe, just relax. You got to breathe, you know? And sure enough, man, he spins and it's coming 
right to me. And I go, all right. I had already pre-ranged two different sites. And I said that there was one at 27 and one at 23. And then there was this little brush where at 23 yards, if he got behind that, that would have given me the opportunity draw and then where I was going to shoot would have been dead nuts 20. So he's on this track and he's going to go exactly where I think he's going to go. And I'm scanning the area. And at this point I can tell these doe are on it. Like they know something's there. They know something's up, but they don't quite know what yet because they hadn't spooked. There were, a t- there were at least a couple times where during get my bow, during to get myself in a position, there was no way they didn't they saw me move, you know, they picked their head up. They saw me that they, they, but they weren't doing any stomping, blowing, head weaving. It was just like, eat, look right up at me. Eat, look right up at me. I mean, so they knew something was up, but they didn't quite have me figured out. And so as this buck's walking in, I just told myself, I said, you know what? When he hits that 23 yard marker, I'm going to pretend like these doe aren't even here. I said, it's going to be my one and only opportunity. I'm going to stand up, you know, completely away from the tree. As soon as I do that, I'm going to draw, I'm going to stop him and I'm going to shoot. I'm like, because I don't even care at this point that these doe are there and that's how I'm going to play it. And so he's, this buck's coming down. He hits that 23 yard, uh, like, like that bush area blocks his view of me. I stand and I draw. And as soon as he does that, some of the ways that I like combat, um, like that buck fever, you know, trigger panic, you know, all that is I really hyper-focus on yardage and I hyper-focus on, you know, the shoulder. So the, it's, for me, it's all just like details. And, and that's what like will calm me down instead of like not looking at the rack and all that. It's like, okay, you know, if it's 25, 24, 23, and, you know, the whole time I'm just going over numbers, I'm going mm-hmm. and then this particular case, I said, okay, I'm going to, here's that pocket, that inside pocket on that shoulder. I said, as soon as I see that front shoulder flinch, go forward and open up that pocket. Cause now he's like slightly quartering away. I said, I'm going to stop him. And hopefully he plants with that inside foot, you know, the inside uh, hoof, which will completely open that thing and like almost look at. And so it's, I got it, my pin right where it needs to be. He, that inside shoulder flinches and I, you know, I'm at him to, to stop him. And he does exactly what I hope he does. That thing. Plants. The script. Yeah, dude, that thing plants. And as soon as he plants, he just starts to look at me and I touch that arrow off. And as soon as it hits him, he mule kicks. I, I just feel absolutely perfect about the shot. It was dead nuts, 20 quartered away. And he has to turn around this big tree. As soon as he turns around this big tree, I can already tell his front uh, legs are out real wide, his head's to the ground. Like he's plowing like almost instant. And nice. I'm like, oh man. Everything about it after I hit him is telling me I art shot him. It was, I absolutely killed it. Like he's toes. And so Milk city baby. Yeah. And so he he runs, you know, at least where I can, I don't hear like any like big crash or breaking of branches. Cause at this point he's in an area of this, this piece that's kind of open. It's just like big hardwood at this point. Um, and so I don't hear that like crash when you lose sight of them that you hoped, you know, because I lost sight, but it, he, again, he kind of drops down a hill. And so okay. I, I'm like, all right, I don't hear any sound, but I'm like, okay. And again, biggest buck, I'm like, I'm not screwing this up. I wait an entire 45 minutes before I even get down. And I'm, the whole time, you know, you're shaking, you got that, <laughs> you know, your fist pumping. If you remember, I'm sending polos. To oh, the yeah. <laughs> uh, I literally even like slipped off my platform and I'm like, oh my God, you know, but you're tethered in and I'm like rolling around. I'm, you know, fist pumping myself and just, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm, I'm like riding cloud nine. Uh, I'm texting my cousin 
buzzing in a group message with brother and my dad. And I'm like, I just absolutely let Lanero go on the biggest buck of my life. Uh, and tell them everything that happened, you know, everything I saw. And they're like, man, it'd be tough for me not to go tracking right now. And I'm like, I agree. And they're like, well, hey, at least go like look for blood from where you shot him, find your arrow. I'm like, all right, that's fair. So I get down, you know, I pack all my stuff up and there's just blood everywhere. And, uh, oh man, you know, this is great. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's after dark at this point, it's just me. Uh, I find my arrow and it is just bright red. I mean, it, it can't, it can't get any better. And just another piece of the puzzle, which is telling me, you know, real kick, how he was, you know, uh, plowing already head down, blood everywhere, arrows fully red, bright, bright red. There's even, you know, you can see all the like the bubbles on the uh, the arrow from going through his lungs and everything. You're like, oh, dude, this is perfect. And so I'm sending pictures to people and I'm like, ah, this is what I got. Look, look, look. You know, and they're like, man, he's dead. Like, just go find him. I'm like, all right. But still in my head, I'm going, I'm not screwing this up. I'm not screwing this up. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And so I'm just like, I'm, I'm taking like three to five five feet at a time blood 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 and it's pretty much a walking blood trail but i'm like three to five feet at a time and i pick my head up and look because i'm like man if, if he sees me and runs i want to know it and i keep doing that keep doing that and i get to this other like pretty big oak and i could have swore i peeked my head around to the left side and looked and didn't see anything and then i did another like three to five foot track and i peeked around again and at this point i see the buck head up staring right at me. oh no oh no <laughs> And I mean, there's no doubt in my mind at this point, he is just laid down like regular, a buck, you know, any deer would be just bedded down and just, he picked his head up because yep. like I said, I, I could have swore I peeked around it and he wasn't there. And so now I peeked around it again and he's there. So in my mind, he made a movement. He picked his head up. He heard me move now looking and so i went oh no i'm i'm done i'm getting out and so i immediately turn around i like get 10 yards away 10 15 yards away turn my headlamp off and i just go i'm getting out i'm getting out of the woods and i'm just gonna go up to the house and i'm gonna come back you know and that's exactly what i do i retrace my steps i grab all my stuff i leave i go back up to the house i'm like still on cloud nine i'm telling everybody you know my mother father-in-law my wife about this deer i'm telling her exactly what happened they're like, oh, we'll eat some dinner and then we'll go back out. And I'm like, all right, well, I try to eat some dinner, right? Because you're just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, one of the best and worst feelings there ever is in the world right there. You're on cloud yeah. nine and you're also like six feet under the dirt. <laughs> right, right. And so I, I eat what I can. And at this time, you know, it's an hour from the time I left. And so I go, all right, it is what it is. Like, let's go. But I told my father-in-law, cause he was going to go with me. I said, I want to, I want to track it. Ex like if it was a brand new track, I don't want to try to head him off. I don't want to do anything. I said, because if we do that, you know, if he's still going, like he'll run in a direction we don't want him. So I said, I want to yeah. track it just like I was doing it originally. He's like, all right. So him and I go out there super, super quiet. I'm still like three to five feet at a time. I'm looking up, looking up and we get him and I are standing right next to each other. I'm like, all right, right around this big old where he was looking he's like all right i'm like so hopefully he's just head down you know lay down whatever and we both peek around and we this that same oak and identical to what i saw when i left head up looking right at both and i just think to myself there is no way all this blood that i found my arrow every there's no way this deer is alive dead deer don't hold their head up like mm -hmm. that doesn't happen and so my father-in-law is sitting there and He's like, hold on. He's like, let's turn our headlights off. He's like, I'm going to circle around. He goes, and I'm just going to make a ton of move, like ton of noise. He goes, and then flash your light on him. He goes, look at his eye. He goes, 
he'll at least glance my way. I'm like, all right, that's fair. So he does this. He he sneaks around and he starts making all this racket and I flash my light on him. Cause you know, I'm thinking maybe straight up deer in the headlights, right? And he's looking yep. at us and I flash my light on him and nothing. And he's just not moving. I'm like what is going on? And so we just, he's like, let's just close the distance. I'm like, all right. So we just start closing the distance, closing the distance and we get right up on him and he's, he's, he's just, just dead. Yeah. Just staring and at you still. Just staring at me. Eyes wide open, staring. And I'm like, this is, this is wild. And so we realize that this tree, there was these two small little trees <laughs> is literally have his head popped up and in a, in a position. I mean, his legs are directly under him. Like he laid down, his head is straight up. Like he just picked it up himself. And the whole time, even the original track that I put on him, he was just being propped up by these trees, but he was completely dead. Like the rack was hooked on the, was hooked on a tree, right? Was holding it up. If I remember right. His left side. So we could tell by the marks on the tree that, like I mentioned before, so he was like, he was literally on his death sprint, right? So he was sprinting. And what we found, because there was a scrape on the inside of this tree, was that his left side of his rack on his way running hooked this tree it spun him 180 locked him up with his g2 set him down and that's where he stayed <laughs> oh it's like almost like trapping deer i know right it was it was <laughs> wild it was it was so crazy um did it do any we, damage to the rack at all it did zero damage to the rack some of the bark you know uh transferred onto his rack and everything like that but oh, that's cool. the, the tree got scraped up we could tell he struggled for uh you know a couple seconds the last couple seconds just because you could see some vertical scrapes um, on it right there. Uh, and then, like I said, that inside scrape, uh, which was horizontally and everything, is how we could tell it It hooked him and he, and he got spun. But when we got to him, he was already in full rigor. So that right there told us that he... He was dead immediately. He was dead on that original track. But mm-hmm. to me, I'm, you know, I was so scared of bumping him uh, that I just, you know, it, it never crossed my mind that he was still alive. And it just looked... And I didn't also even see the, the, the trees propping him up at the time. I was just so surprised that he was. Well, you did. I mean, you did everything exactly how you should do it. You know, most right. guys, me included, would have been just sprinting at the deer. I'm going to tackle this thing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah. And so obviously, you know, we putting all the pieces together after we got the deer out of the woods, um, you know, we hang it up and we, we, whenever we field dress deer out at his property, we take them right to his barn. You know, we, we tag them where we do it, but then we will, he brings his Kubota back, which is nice. It's not, you know, you can do that on private. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we throw them in there. We, we hang them up and we, uh, you know, field dress them in his barn with a lot of light and, yep. and all the tools that you, you know, at your disposal. And so everything told me that I, I put an absolute perfect shot. So I'm like, all right, I got to get his heart. I got to, I got, I got to just prove to myself that I put the perfect shot and I end up getting to his heart. And sure enough, man, I, you can tell I put, I put that broad head right through like the, the upper third of his heart. And it, it was just absolutely every perfect shot. I mean, it literally couldn't have gotten any better. Oh, it's so nice when that all comes together with that, uh, that moment of truth, just it all happens and everything. I mean, you did you right down to I'm going to not going to shoot him at 47 yards. I'm going to wait. He's going to come back. I yeah. mean, you were truly, truly blocked on that day. But I that's was. awesome, man. It, Don, it did you have uh, other than the one encounter with him in the hayfield? Did you have any pictures of him or anything like that? Or Never saw him on trail camera. And I run a couple different trail cameras at a couple well-known uh, trails that they use back there. Uh, never once had him on. 
And and my father-in-law, like I said, who is back up there every single day, said he never even saw him once. And uh, we were both like, this is by far the biggest deer that's ever been back there. Uh, and and like I mentioned before, it's 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 the biggest deer I've ever seen in any piece of property. <laughs> so, that's awesome, man. Well, congratulations, dude. Yeah, thank I'm you so happy that. for you. Yeah, I took him to uh, TJ uh, to get processed, and he green scored him. Uh, but after he was frozen, uh, so he said he couldn't get all the way to the base of his antlers for that full uh, measurement. Yep. And he had already green scored him at uh, one thirty and uh, two sixteen. So very nice. Two eights. Very yeah. Nice. No. It was, yeah. Two eights. Two eights. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, that's awesome. Now the question is: Are you mounting him? Are you shoulder mounting him? So yes. The the quick answer to that is yes. Uh, and I have been very blessed to receive uh, the free shoulder mount from John Johnson. That's right. That's right. I forgot so, about that. Yeah. Uh, for the biggest buck uh of the patreon group there from bhc heck yeah now are you mounting the tree did you cut the tree down or are you mounting them with the tree uh that is also a confirmed yes uh and, and nice. i did not think that that was gonna happen um i uh my father-in-law is pretty particular about his private land back there and uh i brought it up to him i'm like man everybody from the group wants the tree included just because obviously the story and how crazy it was and he's like oh he goes he goes i think you absolutely have to so I was I was pretty surprised about that as well, but uh, it, it, it's it's gonna happen. The tree is gonna be in the mount. I've already talked with John uh, about it. I took you know a ton of pictures while he was before we ever even moved him. When I got to him, uh, all 360 degrees around, I have every single picture, uh, and I sent all those pictures to John, and he's gonna try to mount him exactly the way that we found. So <laughs> awesome, awesome man. Well, that's great. We'll yeah. definitely have to once you get that back. Have another uh, another podcast with you on showing that bad boy I, off. Heck yeah, man! I think that'd be great. So, all right. Well, that's was that uh, was that the last year you shot of the season, or was that the one and only, or did you make out some more hunting? I know you had you know your surgery and everything, so you were kind of laid up for right. a while. Yeah. Uh, so I was able. That was not the end of my hunting, but that was the end of my. Uh, that was the last year that I shot that particular or of 2023 i did make it up to my cabin uh with my cousin and i went out and hunted some new areas that we've been wanting to go in for a while saw some deer uh again i was i went in completely blind never been in this area before so it was more of an observation sit than anything uh, i saw a deer at like 70 to 80 yards away but they were rotten so hard this buck was there he was on a dead sprint they were on a dead sprint the whole time i would even if i was within bow range i don't expect i wouldn't have expected to be able to stop any of them. Uh, <laughs> uh and and then i did also hunt back out at that private land again because uh our goal is actually to was to knock down as many doe as we could um, okay. out there just because they are kind of destroying like all his gardens even their bushes up by their houses and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of been the goal for the last couple of years is knock down as many doe. Uh, but, you know, when a 130 class buck walks in, your focus Change, shifts. Changes every. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. Well, all right. What uh, what do you got planned for 2024? 2024, man. Uh, I am. I know you'll be doing a bunch of trade shows with uh, Austin and G3D. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited about what 2024 is going to bring. Uh, like you had already mentioned, we'll have a couple of G3D events. Uh, actually, later this month, um, I'll be at Outdoor Rama uh, with Andrew from Outdoor Driven, uh, doing uh, hooked up with Frank's Great Outdoors locally here. Uh, we'll be having a booth 
there as well. Um, I'll be at the 2024 Patreon hunt. Uh, I will be hopefully still be able to make, which uh, my plan is to make the uh, our annual bow season trip up at my cabin. I want to make firearm trip at my cabin. Although I don't firearm hunt, I just bow hunt right through firearm season um, up there. But again, it's 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 keeping that tradition camaraderie, going. man. Camaraderie. Yeah, it's it's Absolutely. keeping that tradition going uh, for everybody. Uh, and there may be a new bow in the works for twenty four. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 trying to sell some some gear to get myself uh, a new prime uh nice. local michigan company uh, nice yeah the rv rvx 32 uh okay. i was testing that out at frank's a few weeks ago and that thing's pretty sweet that's um, what i've heard i have not shot one and i kind of trying not to shoot one because i really don't need to buy another <laughs> bow right now i hear you man i hear i have two fully like i have my you no know, my full-time bow um that's fully set up and i have my spare bow that's fully set up um, same and uh but i'm gonna sell both of those to get this bow so i'll be just that's the plan anyway we'll see if that works out uh so yeah there's like i said trade shows tons at, at least three different deer camps uh maybe uh i can be able to attend one of your deer camps oh i'm planning on it man that was that's where that's actually where we're heading to next on this uh okay so we both we both have a good friend uh uh similar friend uh andrew from uh, driven outdoors and yeah. uh well as you know this year and everyone all the listeners know we're building our own deer camp here at the farm yes. uh, it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a place for you know it's not necessarily a you know traditional gear camp it's going to be kind of a hey you guys want to come up we got a ton of public land let's go hunt some deer we got a little private here we'll uh we're going to get that camp atmosphere going again but we're doing a hunt with driven outdoors this year and uh getting some veterans and first responders out in the woods um which That's we're looking awesome, ex- extremely yeah. uh extremely blessed with that extremely excited to be able to do that uh we don't have our plans you know all set in stone yet but right uh you you absolutely will be uh involved in that i can't wait for uh for that i've got a lot of work to build this camp out i'll try to i need to put a video <laughs> out of the inside of what, how how uh how much work there really is in it but yeah you definitely do uh yeah man outdoor driven has it, it it's been an amazing and just exciting ride watching his nonprofit grow and we are just putting in a ton of work and even just last night uh i attended the board meeting for my local uh, archery club bay city bowman and so we're trying to get a partnership with bay city bowman and to get dedicated first responders dedicated uh vet like open shoots indoors even 3d indoors um we want to potentially piggyback back off of their regular like 3d shoots during like that summer season you know and bring in some other vendors and just have it so all these vets and first responders can come at no cost to them and enjoy archery life you know shoot their bows come walk the course shoot the course they even have like novelty you know shoots where they'll have like a a throw discs up and use traditional equipment that they have you know and shoot discs out of the air they usually have set up like a uh uh, like a bigfoot target at like 90 plus yards away you know and 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 they have all sorts of drawings and giveaways and stuff like that and uh that's uh, awesome and what yeah when i heard so i had mentioned it i think i just mentioned it to you i'm like hey and we need to get 
uh, outdoor driven hooked up with yeah. you, you know, and you were like, actually we're already doing, <laughs> we're already in the works. I was, and so as soon as I heard that, I was super excited. And cause uh, I, I think, I think that's the, per- I think that's an absolute perfect, um, set up a perfect relationship between you, absolutely. the deer camp absolutely. you're building and, and what he's trying to provide for his, uh, first responders and vets. So, uh, yeah, I got to give a little shout out to Adam Miller on that. Adam Miller is okay. the one that put all of us together in that. So, uh, big shout out to you, Adam. Yeah. Thank you for uh, setting that up. Cause that was one thing I was talking to Adam about. I was like, you know, I want to do this giveaway and I don't really, he's like, well, how, how are you going to do it? What if somebody wins in like, let's just say California, you're going to fly them out. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. He's like, here, talk to this guy. And there's where Andrew came in. And uh, yeah, so far it's been a very good uh, relationship. It's, it's so crazy. The amount of connections that we've been able to, create for Andrew and Outdoor Driven just within the BHC and uh little group plus with you and Hutchie Outdoors and everything. All the all the the relationships we've been able to build has just been so mind blowing. And and I even have like two more avenues that I got still yet to talk to Andrew today that I got yesterday from nice. Bay City Bowman. You know, it was the first one was hooking him up, Andrew up with Adam, like you said, with uh uh you know BHC. He was able to hook him up with HHA, you know, um I I was fortunate enough to make the intro with Andrew with Kanadi Arrows and Zinger Fletches, um, and they're a sponsor now. Uh, Andrew's gotten hooked up with local uh, uh, outdoor shop um, Frank's Great Outdoors here. Uh, it's you know getting hooked up with you and, and just all these different avenues for either equipment, gear, places to hunt, uh, places for these vets and first responders to go and just enjoy the, the outdoor life. Uh, that Andrew found his his new you know passion for uh, what you know, ultimately that he says you know saved his life you know which was outdoors. Um, and for us to be able to provide those things uh, and just support all these people that sacrificed so much and still sacrifice every single day for us is, is it's so just amazing for me to see and the people willing to step forward and say, I want to help. It's, it's been absolutely crazy and amazing. And I, I just couldn't be happy. Amen to that, man. Amen to that. I just, that's, uh, it's on my whole dear, dear to my heart. And I am so happy for this partnership with Andrew and driven outdoors to uh, be able to provide this because that's something that, uh, really hold dear to my heart so it's gonna be it's gonna be one heck of a camp i don't know how well we're gonna shoot anything but hey we're gonna have a good time that's for sure absolutely and and like and like you said before it's not always about what you shoot right it's it's about it's not it's It's not well heck yeah well hey man i appreciate you coming on this morning uh yeah thank you again for having me man uh now if guys want to find you and follow you and uh see all your hunting aspects uh where can they find you at uh right now i'm pretty much just on uh facebook instagram uh i'll be uh, trying to post more content on Instagram and uh, TikTok as well, man. All right, man. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. And uh, we'll be talking soon. All right, man. Thanks again. Take it easy.